youth pastor here, young adult pastor. We just got done with a series called what? Yes. Armor up. It was all on what, John? Armor of God. Yes. On the armor of God. I didn't call on you, John, the first time. That's why I had you say it again. So armor up was what we just got done with. It was all about the armor of God. You guys remember pieces of armor? Six of them. You guys, what are they? You can say them all out. Go ahead. Breastplate of righteousness, yes. A few others. Helmet of salvation, yep. These dudes are just going to spout them all off. Sword of the Spirit, yep. Ellie. Belt of... This is the shield of faith. There you go. And then what one did Caitlin talk about? Josh. Choose a piece. There it is. I think that was all of them, right? I think that was all six. I believe it was. If uh, if you don't know what they are, you can go read it again. <laughs> but tonight we're talking about prayer, and it's called Pray Up. You want to put the graphic up there. You can put that up there, Gregory. Thank you, sir. Josh did that graphic. Don't it look nice? Yeah, let's give him a hand. <laughs> he puts a lot of work into doing these for us, and we really appreciate it. So it's called Pray Up. And immediately following Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God, Paul talks about prayer. I mean immediately. It's the next verse. The next verse is Ephesians 6, 18, and 18 through 20. He kind of summarizes his final thoughts on the armor. He says, praying at all times. So whenever we get to the word all, I want you guys to shout all. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. How many times does he say all in there? Four times. It's four times. Four times in one verse. That's just verse 18. He says all four times. Now you guys think he's trying to drive home a point for you guys. <laughs> I think so. You read this and you go, he's, he's trying to bring it home. He's trying to make a strong case of what prayer is supposed to look like. And in the next verse he says, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. An ambassador in chains. He means literally. He's in jail for proclaiming the gospel. None of us are in jail for it right now, right? Hopefully it doesn't come to that eventually, but who knows? It could. <laughs> Hopefully not. But he mentions it a lot. How many of you guys think prayer is an important subject in the Bible? Anybody? How many times do you think the word pray, specifically, is brought up in the Bible? You guys have any guesses? What do you got? A billion? Not quite a billion. That's a lot. <laughs> 220? Okay. I would say if you include the synonyms with it, you'd probably be pretty accurate. No, it's not 5,000. The word prayer, specifically, the word, the 
Greek word and Hebrew word for prayer. How many times is it brought up? 500. No, you guys are shooting a little high. Nope. So it's 125 times. In the NIV translation specifically, they translate it to pray. So the word pray comes up 125 times. New Testament, it's 72 times. Old Testament, it's 53. Prayer is an important thing, right? It's an important thing that we need to, we should talk about. And there's, there's other words for prayer as well, like supplication and uh, request, make your requests made known to God. That's pray, but it's not the word pray, which is why that's not included. But it, it's talked about a lot. The idea of prayer is important. And it's something that we should know a little bit about, right? Whenever a word is repeated, I would pay attention to it. And what it is saying. Like the word all. Four times it came up, right? If you're only praying for yourself, then I'd say you're not praying your full potential. As well as if you're only praying for others, I would say you're not praying your full potential. Because we're not supposed to just pray for ourselves, right? But we're also supposed to pray for ourselves. Did you guys know that Jesus did that? Before he died on the cross, he prayed for himself first, and then he prayed for his disciples, and then he prayed for those that would believe because of the disciples, which is us. Yes? Disciple? Somebody that follows Jesus. That's the basic description of it. I can fix that for you. <laughs> Let me tighten this here. Um, 375. Yeah, so if you include the other the past tense and the action, yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, it's a lot of time. Bare minimum, 125, all right? John, always trying to correct me. <laughs> so Paul explains... Three things in this passage. I'll read it again. So just put up verse 18 for, for me, all right, Gregory? Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Paul explains three things in this passage about prayer. What do you guys think the first one is? It's right in the beginning. You could say it's within the first four words. Gee, I wonder what the first thing Paul is trying to tell us is. Pray when? All times. First point he wants to make is when we're supposed to pray. When are you guys supposed to pray? All the time. Every day. All day. That doesn't mean you literally just sit on your knees and pray forever. Okay, that's not what I was talking about. Because what is prayer? Prayer is conversation with God. It's talking with him. It's bringing your requests to him. It's making thankfulness a part of your life. I mean, you can say a prayer of thankfulness. God, thank you for your goodness. Caitlin prayed that during transition time. So pray at all times. You guys think you're supposed to pray when there's a test on the way? Yeah. You're supposed to pray when you're frustrated with your siblings? You're supposed to pray when you don't want to obey your parents? I would highly suggest it. <laughs> it helps you. For real. 
pray at all times. You guys aren't just supposed to pray when you want to. You're supposed to pray especially when you don't. Because the enemy is trying to shut you up. He's trying to get you to keep your armor off or take it off in general. And one way he does that is by shutting your mouth. A lot of people that are scholarly, people that study the Word of the Bible, and they went to seminary and all that stuff, they, they believe that this aspect of prayer, it's not included in the armor because all the armor is prayer. You put the armor on with prayer. Prayer encompasses every bit of it. You can't pray something to God without truth in it and have it effective. Tell the truth. You can't have prayer effective without faith, right? Faith without works is dead. You, you, you need faith as a part of your armor. And the way you do that is through prayer. You cannot do anything. He says, I'm trying to think what he says on, on faith. It's without faith, you cannot please God, right? That's what it says in Scripture. So without faith, I would argue your, your prayers aren't going to be very effective. You can go through all the pieces of armor. You need the Word of God in your prayer, right? I feel like the most effective prayers there are is the ones that we use the Word of God to pray. So the first one, when to pray at all times. What do you guys think the Greek meaning for the word all is? All. It's not any different in that language. <laughs> all. It means all of it. When you see the word all, circle it in your Bible. Think about it. What is he talking about? What is the all that he's trying to make a point? Or she, depending on who the author was. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Everyone say it. Pray without ceasing. So pray without what? When are we, what are we uh, not supposed to cease in? Prayer. Pray without what? 1 Thessalonians 5 what? Didn't get that one, did you? First <laughs> Thessalonians 5.17. Say it. First Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. You guys just memorized the verse of the Bible. 30 seconds. Think about it. Boom. Gotcha. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. That's it. That's the verse. The one before it is rejoice in the Lord always, I think. Always rejoice. And then the one after it is Give thanks or be thankful. I mean, those verses, those three verses are super easy to memorize. I highly suggest it. But these verses, guys, they're, they're powerful. Pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5, what? 17. Guys, we're supposed to be prayerful people. We're supposed to be prayers. We're supposed to pray constantly. Tim talked a couple of weeks, a couple Sundays ago, which would be, you know, a week and a half ago, about prayer. He was going the same direction I was, but we had a week off because we were at Stodden Park, so he beat me to it. <laughs> but he talks about the persistent widow in there. And I'm not going to read the whole parable, but Luke 18, verse 1, which starts out the parable, says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And then Jesus shared the parable. And the whole parable is this. That whole summary is to pray when? Always. When are you supposed to lose heart? Never. Not lose heart. He said this parable to them so that they wouldn't lose heart 
and that they would be people that would pray constantly. And if you're somebody that doesn't pray constantly, go read this parable. Maybe it'll help you. If you're somebody who's lost heart in life, you've lost heart in your prayers, you feel like they're not effective, you feel like they're doing nothing, you feel like God doesn't listen to you or hear you, go read this parable. It immediately follows this verse. Luke 18.1. We pray always. That's what we're to be. That's what we're supposed to be doing. You guys are supposed to pray when you're worried. How many of you ever get worried? <laughs> supposed to pray during a pandemic. Well, we're still in the thing, so we should still be praying, right? <laughs> and even if we're not in the pandemic, you're supposed to be praying. Any of you struggle with anxiety? You should be praying then. Pray with your struggles. Bring them to God. He is the one who can help you. He can help you far better than anyone else can. You just fill in the blank, and that's the time you're supposed to pray. You might be thinking, I can't do that. You don't know what I've been going through. I, it's really hard for me to pray. And I go to pray, and then I just can't even, like, I just can't get the words out. Have you guys ever felt that way before? You're like, I, I want to pray, and then I go to pray, and I'm just tongue-tied. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I feel like the, the burden's too big. The pain is too much. Well, there's a story in the Bible about that even. There was a woman by the name of Hannah. And she was going to have a child, but she didn't know it yet. <laughs> she was going to God to pray for one. And she was so grieved and frustrated that she couldn't have a child. And she wanted one of her own. And she went to the temple to pray. And it says in the Bible that she was so grieved that she couldn't even get words out. Like she was just sitting there talking with nothing actually coming out of her mouth. So the priest that was in the temple, he thought she was drunk. <laughs> he goes up to her and is like, yo, get out of here. This isn't a place for that. Why are you wasted in the temple right now? And she, she tells him, I'm, I'm grieved. I'm not drunk. <laughs> I, I'm in so much pain, I can't get the words out. And so Eli, he's the, he's the priest that's there, and he says, okay, your prayer is answered. Go home. <laughs> And she didn't even say anything. And her prayer was answered. So if you guys can't get the words out, just know that that doesn't stop your prayers from being heard by God. God hears your prayers. Whether it's under your breath, whether it's in it, it doesn't matter. God hears your prayers. Is that comforting to you guys? I read that passage and I go, wow. That's, that's amazing. That God listened to that. God knew her heart. And that's, that's the most important thing of our prayers, is that God knows your heart. And he does. So I hope that encourages you. If you're ever in a point of, of just agony and pain, you're like, gosh, I, I don't even know how to get the words out. Tim explains it as a way of, he, he alluded to this on, on that same Sunday, that the groanings of emotions of, hey, I can't even get anything out. And I just have to, to groan. All she could do, Hannah, was cry. 
all she could do. And God knew what all of her tears were for. And he heard it. I don't know if all you guys can relate to that so much. Have you ever been so cryful? You can't get words out? Have you ever been so angry, though, that you just can't even get any words out? You just grunt like a caveman. Anyone done that? I want all of you guys to grunt on three. One, two, three. There you go. You guys ever been so mad that you're just like, I can't even get the words out. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Because I know if I do open my mouth, it's not going to be good. So you just keep your mouth shut and you're like, God hears those prayers too. God hears all of the emotional grunting, groans, cries, whimpers. He hears it all. Just know that he hears it. And we're to be praying always. That's right, John. Keep praying. <laughs> So point number two of what Paul teaches us and what we're supposed to do in our prayers. The first one is what? When we're supposed to pray, which is when. Always. So the first one is when we're supposed to pray, which is all the time. And then it says, after that, how we're supposed to pray. In the what? Spirit. There it is. Praying at all times in the Spirit. And then the next part it says, with all prayer and supplication. So all kinds of prayer. It says, to that end, keep alert with all what? Perseverance. That's right. Hang in there. Don't give up. Which is the second point of that parable that Jesus shared with people. Was to first, to always be prayerful. And the second, to not lose heart. That's perseverance. Not losing heart. With all prayer and supplication to that and keep alert with all perseverance. So in the Spirit and with all perseverance is how we're supposed to pray. We're not supposed to give up. And in the Spirit, what do you guys think that means? Praying in the Spirit. You guys thought about that before? What you got, Abby? To God. Okay. Anybody else? Supposed to be praying to God. Jesus said that we would worship in spirit and in truth. That's the way that we're supposed to live. And prayer is a type of worship. You don't pray to something that you don't worship. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. We're supposed to pray at all times and then in the Spirit at all times. So not just praying at all times, but all of our prayers that we make should be in the Spirit. We should be praying in the Spirit always. There's a few ways that you can go about this. I don't think there's one only answer on what praying in the Spirit looks like. Some people say that praying in tongues is a way of praying in the Spirit, which I would say that's one way of doing it. But I wouldn't say... That's the only type of praying in the Spirit there is. If you're groaning like Hannah was, or crying deeply, I would say she was praying in the Spirit. Her spirit was grieved. Praying in the Spirit is, is something I would say we should know what not praying in the Spirit looks like. 
You guys think you can have prayers that aren't in the Spirit? Well, I would argue you can. Why would Paul need to specify to do it? There was a way not to. <laughs> the opposite of prayer in the Spirit, I, I would say, is prayer in the flesh. The Spirit and the flesh are at, opposed to each other. That's what it says in Galatians chapter 5. We have a flesh, nature, and a spirit about us, and they are in opposition to each other. They don't like each other. <laughs> Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, which is why we should pray in the spirit, because the spirit's not weak, <laughs> and it's willing, but we have to wrestle with it. Have you guys ever wrestled with your flesh before? <laughs> All of you have, guaranteed. <laughs> James 4, verse 3 in the ESV says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passion. James was talking to the church here, and he was saying, you guys are acting no different than the world. And your prayers, the things that you're asking, you're not even getting them from God, because your motivation is all wrong. Do you guys know that you can ask the right things for all the wrong reasons? You could ask the right thing for all the wrong reasons, and God doesn't want to give it to you. Because <laughs> he knows your motivation isn't right. Your heart isn't right. Who here has ever prayed that somebody would like them? <laughs> Hopefully none of you. <laughs> motivation, right? Who's ever prayed for a lot of money? Anybody? Did you get it? <laughs> Some of you did, because you had the right reason. <laughs> but we can pray for things with all the wrong reasons. And it's going to do nothing for your prayers. I would say that that's a form of praying in the flesh. What do you guys think the desires of the flesh are? If you read in Galatians, it spells it out. And I won't read all of them, but in summary, they're rooted in pride and selfishness. That's what the desires of the flesh are. So when you pray, what are your prayers rooted in? Are they rooted in the fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are what are supposed to fill our prayers. Those are what our prayers are supposed to be rooted in. Or are your prayers only for yourself, for your own desires and passions. I don't want you to think that praying for yourself is wrong. Because what did I say in the beginning? Did Jesus pray for himself? He did. Jesus prayed for himself, and I would argue that he desperately needed it. Because <laughs> he was about to be crucified on the cross. And he didn't want to do it. Did you guys know that? He wrestled with it. He's like, God, if there's any other way... Please, have it be that way, but not my will, your will. He had this wrestling going on inside of him, and he had, he had to pray. So pray with the fruits of the Spirit. Let me show you how that looks. Lord, help me to love my sibling right now, because <laughs> I really don't want to. 
You guys ever prayed that? Lord, help me to obey my parents. Lord, help me to do this thing that I don't want to do and not complain about it. That's forbearance. Enduring something difficult without complaining. That's what that word means. Patience. Lord, help me to be patient. God, help me to have joy in what I'm doing right now. Because I don't have joy right now. Those are ways that you can pray for yourself in the Spirit. And then you can pray for others in the Spirit. Have you guys ever seen somebody not joyful at school? In your life at all? Somebody drives by flipping somebody off on the road? Lord, give them joy. <laughs> I can tell you this much, that one's hard for me. <laughs> I want to be like, how dare they? Lord, give them a flat tire. <laughs> but don't do that. God's not going to answer this prayer anyways. <laughs> That's me speaking out of my flesh, right? But do those prayers, those prayers in the Spirit, praying the fruits of the Spirit. You can look at the life of Jesus and his prayer life. Big ones in John 17. Prays for himself, prays for the disciples, and then prays for those that believe after them, which is us. How did he pray? What did that look like? Well, it wasn't rooted in pride or selfishness. So the next part, with all perseverance, simply means don't give up. Like I said, the connection with the other parable, the, the parable, I should say, I didn't mention any others. <laughs> but to not give up, be persistent. How much endurance does your prayer life have? When you pray for something, do you give up after a day? Do you give up after a week? Never give up. I know people that have been praying for something for years, and it hasn't happened. I would argue that Hannah, the woman that I told you about in the Bible, that wasn't probably her first prayer to God <laughs> to have a child one day. I'm sure she'd been praying for years. Never give up, guys. You don't know when it's going to happen. Don't give up. Do you see yourself giving up easily when you pray? If it's not answered. Go read that parable. <laughs> the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? One way that you can pray is to not allow the weakness of your flesh to drive your faith. Pray, God, I ask that you would help me to do what the Spirit wants. To gratify the desires of the Spirit. That, that that's what I would be walking in. Pray for perseverance like Paul did. Do you guys know that Paul prayed for perseverance in this? Pull up the last two verses there, Gregory. Ephesians six nineteen and 20. It says to pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I would say in one way he's praying for perseverance, that he would speak boldly instead of shy away, instead of close his mouth in the opportune time that he has to open it that he would be bold in his faith. 
It blows my mind that Paul was asking for prayer. Because if you go study what some of these churches were like that he was pastoring and, and leading as an apostle, they were not very good churches. A lot of the stuff that he had to put in his letters was because of the stuff that was going on. Bringing correction about all the, the junk that was happening inside the church, that they weren't looking any different than the world. But Paul asked them, I need your prayers. Pray for me. And he's even praying for himself. And I would say that he probably was praying and asking them to pray for him because he knew that he needed it. Who do you guys have praying for you? Who do you guys have in your corner fighting for you? John Kinzel fights for us. <laughs> he's awake. John Kinzel fights for us. All of my leaders, I know that they fight for us. Who do you guys have fighting for you? Pray for perseverance like he did. And if you guys feel like you don't have anyone praying for you, pray that God would bring people to pray for you. Who's on the battlefield fighting for you? Because we just talked about the armor of God, right? We're in a battle. We've got armor, and that implies we're in war. We're in a battle. That implies that there's soldiers, like Tim talked about this last Sunday. So the third thing that he says is who to pray for. Go back to verse 18. Alert with all perseverance, that's what we had read before, and making supplication for all the what? Saints. You guys. We're saints. Did you know that? On three, everyone say, I'm a saint. One, two, three. There you go. I feel like Lecrae is going to start busting out. <laughs> That's a song if you didn't know it. But prayer for all the saints. Three types of people, I would say, in this. Those in leadership. Number two, those we don't think need our prayers, the Pauls in our life. I'm sure Paul was telling the church, pray for me because, hey, I need your prayer. <laughs> don't just pray for each other and think that I'm so spiritual, I don't need your prayers. No, Paul needed prayer. <laughs> he needed to be prayed for by other believers. So who are those Pauls in, like, in your life that you're like, oh, they don't need my prayer. They're praying for themselves enough already. I know it. They're so holy. <laughs> I got to remind myself to pray for John. He prays all the time. <laughs> who are those people that you don't think need your prayer, though? Because they do. They fall under the category of all the saints. You need to pray for them. And then number three, those we don't want to pray for. That's a tough one. That might equal number one, which is leadership. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't. But those in leadership, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 3 in the ESV translation. This is Paul as well. He's talking to Timothy, who's a mentor, a mentee of his. He's a mentor of, of his. 
It says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. So even more than just all the saints, he says later on, we're supposed to be praying for everybody. Not just believers, but especially believers. For all people, for kings, which is what? Leadership. Those in authority. For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way that is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Paul says we're supposed to be praying for everybody. And he, he singles out for kings, leadership. Sometimes I feel like when I read that, he's saying, hey, pray for everybody. Kings, don't forget them. Because I know you don't want to. <laughs> sometimes we have to be reminded to pray for leadership because we don't think about it sometimes. And other times we don't want to think about it. People don't like praying for their authority. But against it. People don't like praying for their authority. They like praying against their authority over them. That's what the Israelites did. They said, God, wipe out the Romans. Get rid of them. Bring the Messiah and have them just destroy them. And bring the kingdom of God. <laughs> and that's not what happened at all. He brought the kingdom of God, but it didn't look like what they thought it would. They just wanted payback. God says, vengeance is mine. We need to pray for those that we don't want to. Do you only pray for the leaders you like or the ones you don't as well? Do you guys pray for your teachers? Homeschoolers, do you pray for your parents? They're your teachers and your parents. <laughs> but do you guys do that? Do you pray for your leaders? Do you pray for me? I hope you do. I need it. Pray for Caitlin, John, Quinn, McKenna, Josh, Seth. You guys pray for each other? Pray for your siblings? Pray for leadership in your life, guys. You want leadership to do well, they need your prayer. Sometimes God will replace leadership. You see that in the book of Kings over and over. <laughs> But we're to be praying for our leadership. The ones you like and the ones you don't. See you at the poll. I hope that wasn't the last time that you prayed for your teachers. We're coming up on a year. Mind you, see you at the pool. It's been two weeks. We meet at the flagpoles and pray for our schools and teachers and Pray for the nation. Don't forget to pray for those in leadership. Next one, those we don't think need our prayers. The, pray, the Pauls in our life is how I like to say it. Paul needed people praying for them. Who are those people in your life? You guys pray for Pastor Tim here. He needs it. When someone asks how you can pray for them, 
when someone asks you, I should say, how they can be praying for you, what's your response to them? There's always something to pray for. So I hope you don't say no. I don't need your prayer. I'm okay. I'm all good. There's always something to be praying for. Amen. Last one, those we don't want to pray for. We all have those people in our life, right? If you don't think I have those people in my life, I do. <laughs> no, it's not Caitlin. It's her parents. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Bible says to pray for our enemies. You guys know that? Who do you guys think said that? Jesus. Well, I did. I just said it. <laughs> I did say it. But Jesus, he's the one that said that. It's in the Beatitudes. It says, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those you don't want to pray for. What do you guys think the word enemy means? Give me a definition. What you got? Evil. Nope. Rude. It's not. Enemy literally means those that are opposed to you. Just as simple as that. Those in opposition to you. That's why when you're on a, on a sports team, the other team is the what? Opposing team. You could say they're your enemies for the game. <laughs> they're the ones that are in opposition to you. Hopefully, there's not too many enemies in your home. <laughs> but sometimes, we see other people as our enemy, right? Because they're in opposition to us. So what are you supposed to do? Pray for them. Our enemies aren't outside of the category of prayer. I always hit on siblings all the time. Sometimes your siblings are in opposition to you, right? I want the remote. No, I want the remote. Maybe it's not even that anymore. You guys just watch stuff on your phones now, don't you? You guys ever been in opposition with your siblings? Your parents? Go take the trash out. Did you do your homework yet? Say sorry. I know all these things because I have kids myself. <laughs> I haven't told them to take the trash out yet, though. <laughs> it would be all in the yard if I did. <laughs> but pray for those that you see as your enemies because God will change them to no longer be your enemy. In your heart, in the home, in reality, you guys will start to be on the same page. We need to be praying for each other. So the three all or the four alls were pray all the time. Pray in the Spirit is the third thing that he tells us how to pray, as well as with all perseverance. And then he tells us to pray for all the what? Who are we? All the what? Did you say something? 
all the time. Yeah, that's the first one. Pray all the time in the Spirit with all perseverance. I'll read it here. Praying all the time in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Three alls already. Making supplication for all the saints. We're supposed to pray for everybody. We need to be people who pray. I wish I could attract it myself and have myself say 125 times the word pray. (laughs) But I said the word pray a lot, didn't I? I want you guys to get to get it. We need to be doing it. Are you somebody who does? We had a retreat in June. You guys said we should pray. We need to pray more. Let's do this. I need to pray more. We all need to pray more. And I said, okay, let's do it. And then we do prayer before service. Are you guys praying? Because I want you guys to. God wants you guys to. Guys, we need to be praying. Prayer is super important. When it comes to the armor of God, like I said in the beginning, the armor of God is something that is put on through prayer, and it's kept on through prayer. It encompasses all of it, every piece of the armor, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, sword of the Spirit. Every one of them has prayer a part of it. It encompasses the whole armor. I would say if you're not someone who's praying, then you're going to battle without your armor. Are you doing that? Because I hope you're not. We need to have the armor of God on us, right? So that we can stand against what? The schemes of the devil. The wiles of the enemy, as Tim used the New King James translation. If you're not someone who prays, then you're going into battle knowing you need your armor and not putting it on. Knowing you need to do something and not doing it, are they the same thing? Whether you know it or do it. Totally different, right? You guys know what you need to do to pass a test and you don't do it. Is it just as good as knowing it? No. You need to know and do what you're supposed to do in order to pass the test. Knowing you need your armor and actually putting it on is the difference between a soldier who comes home from the battle and one who's dead on the battlefield. Let me say that again. Knowing you need your armor and actually doing it, putting on the armor of God, is the difference between somebody who comes home from the battle and someone who doesn't. Guys, we're in a fight for our lives. We're in a battle. We're in an incredible time of this world. Would you guys believe that? 
Guys, you guys are dealing with things that has never been a thing. A global pandemic to this scale has never existed. You guys think you need the armor of God on? Absolutely. We need to be praying. You need to pray for others, and you need to pray for yourself, too. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into groups. And I want you guys to really think about this. Think about this stuff. Is prayer a part of your life? Is prayer something that you do? Or is it just something that you know? Is prayer something that you put into action? Or is it something that you just leave on the shelf for somebody else to do? We all need to be praying people. Amen? Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk in the Spirit. That you help us to pray in the Spirit. Lord, it says in your word that when we don't know the words to say, that you speak them for us. It says in your word that you're interceding on our behalf. You're praying even while you're up in heaven. And that you prayed for us even before you got there. And before we even got here. God, I pray that we would be a people that would pray. That we would do what's difficult. Prayer can be hard. It can be difficult. It requires perseverance. And that's why Paul penned those words. Because perseverance is a part of it that needs to be there. God, I pray that we would be people that would pray all the time in the Spirit. All types of prayer and supplications with all perseverance for all the saints. That that would be an aspect of our life. God, I pray that you would, you would help us to not beat ourselves up over when we, when we forget to pray. That you're so gracious to, to be there for us whenever we need to pray. It says in your word, you did not leave us nor forsake us. And we, we thank you for that, God. And we stand on that truth, knowing that you haven't and you never will. In Jesus' name, amen.